You're listening to the Long Overdue Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about diversity in literature and sensitivity readers and own voices and anything else that we can think of that falls into that category. Today's episode, you have me, Denise, and Yaika, Liz, and Kelly. Hi, ladies. Hi. Hello. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourselves before we get started? Okay. Uh, my name is Yaika. I actually used to work at DPL with Denise and Chris um, and everyone else here who's awesome. I studied anthropology in college and then currently studying library stuff um, and working in the library world and I'm a huge comic book and book and all types of other nerd basically so interested in pretty much all things that I guess are considered nerdy or whatever I like research I like books I also write I'm a contributing writer for book riot um, so diversity in that topic is something I have to think about a lot on a daily basis. Cool. I'm Liz. I volunteered here at the library in high school a million years ago. Uh, this semester, I'm graduating from UNT with an MS in library science, and I also am a huge nerd and book lover. So I'm Kelly, and I went to school with Denise forever ago. We won't say how long, but... Um, I moved to Oklahoma to get a master's in Native American studies, and then I also have a master's in English literature, and I focus on race and identity in literature and in film and television, uh, specifically Mexican and indigenous literatures. All right. So, sounds like a good panel. All right. So, what are we going to talk about first? Mm -hmm. Okay. You said something about sensitivity readers, and I've never heard of that. (gasps) Yeah, I was going to say, a lot oh, of people yeah. probably don't know what that yeah, term means, like, unless you're so, involved in, in, the, in, in an industry, in you our, might not know what that is. Our yeah. end of the book world. Yeah. So sensitivity readers is something that's been around for a long time, but I think it's just been recently called sensitivity reading. Um, I personally think it's a bad name. Like, yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> it's kind of a weird name. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't like the term sensitivity reader, but I think what they do is really important and what sensitivity readers do is if you're a writer that has written um, a novel or any type of work and you are writing about a culture that is not your own culture a sensitivity reader is someone that is a part of that marginalized culture reading your work and saying either yes you got this right or this is not right like you totally missed something here or our culture wouldn't do that or just pointing yeah. out the inconsistencies. And then as a writer, you either do your research and fix the inconsistencies or you don't. You don't. Yeah. Okay. And it can be culture or LGBTQ, basically any like marginalized community or any yeah. community that you're not a part of actively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and they have readers do that. I Sensitivity always makes me laugh because it just... And I think that's where the ties opposition into, comes That is where the opposition yeah. comes from. It comes very much from that. that the same people who are like snowflakes and all the like you know <laughs> or sort of because you didn't agree with the way i represented this i'm not sensitive yeah i think is a big reason why people have a 
a problem with the term. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. it's been around forever, yeah. really. I mean, if I wrote a legal thriller and I don't have a legal degree and I say, hey, lawyer friend, will you read this for me? Guess what? You're a sensitivity reader. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a cultural <laughs> consultant. Yeah, it's basically, yeah. yeah okay. It's basically a consultant. It's just like, please make sure I'm not terribly screwing this yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've had somebody ask me about that. They wanted to write a novel about indigenous people. I'm like, just don't. <laughs> like, you're not native you don't do it <laughs> just full stop don't just put it down um, and she hasn't talked to me since oh well and i'm a firm believer in you know writing what you want but if you're going mm-hmm. to go down that that road do your research talk to people and then get someone in that community to read your work and don't take it offensively when they say you misrepresented this yeah or i see where you're going with here and you weren't totally wrong but you're not totally right and let me tell you why and if you did your research if you do the work i mean what's the fall down here like only good can come from representing a community properly and so that's what sensitivity readers are you know who could have used one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we tried there are, there are many, <laughs> there are many. many. <laughs> but i'm just like stephanie meyer oh my god yeah oh, oh god please. yeah oh yeah just stop yeah yeah she should just put down the laptop and back away slowly <laughs> yes her newest book the chemist i haven't read it yeah, i have not read that but i read the synopsis for it and i'm just like this would make the best Telenovela in the <laughs> world. <Ooh>. Yes. <laughs> I would kind of love there to be a telenovela that's like written by Stephanie Meyer. Like, I would, I'd be like, I'm watching that. Like, oh, what, what is happening right now? But yeah, it's a some kind of she works in some kind of secret government thing, and she's gotten herself into some trouble, and an FBI agent shows up to you know, and they team up to do whatever the thing is they're going to do, and then she falls in love with his twin brother. Oh, my God, it is a dilemma. And I'm just like, I don't actually want to read this thing, (laughs) but I want to know more. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'm going to read the Wikipedia article when someone else has read the book. Yes. Um, I just need someone to tell me uh, more about this twin brother. <laughs> really an evil twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm have to assume, right? Like, what if he's not? What if he's just like a regular twin? Well, that's less just fun. had some <laughs> other traits that the other guy was missing. Well, he probably is with yeah. the writing style. Yeah, yeah. He's just like <laughs> a little bit funnier. Yeah, or like I don't know. And I don't want to ruin the professional relationship we got going on here so i'm just totally gonna yeah yeah and on your brother can't date my co-worker so brother so gonna date your twin it all works out (laughs) so yes that's what sensitivity readers are and stephanie meyer could definitely have used one yes i wonder if she talked to any twins (laughs) Probably not. Or secret government workers. Um, Probably not that one. <laughs> I mean, would have she, been more fun, I think. She like, might have. Please might talk have to me for my book. She might have known a twin or something somewhere. She read about one in a book. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, based yeah. on our characterizations, I don't think that woman has ever talked to anyone in her entire life. <laughs> don't feel bad, Stephanie. You're not alone. You're not <laughs> the only person who's done this. <laughs> At all. Um, <laughs> like, even a little bit. But. 
Well, and what you're saying earlier about like when someone asked you, you know, how do I write a book about indigenous people? And you're just like, don't. And that ties very much into, you know, the discussion of, do you think that, you know, only people from a certain culture should be able to write about that culture? Or do you think it should be open to everyone? Like, you know, Jenny said, I, you know, anyone can write what they want, but there is a certain duty of research mm -hmm. and getting opinions of people who are actually in that culture and know what they're talking about and being responsive to that um, and being aware that I think if you do that, you also have a duty to make it clear, you know, I'm not part of this culture, so mm -hmm. I did my best, but I cannot be the expert on this, mm -hmm. you know, because um, I, I don't know, I think some authors do and they're just like, I know you did research, but you're still not an expert. Like you still yeah. didn't, mm -hmm. doing and some also, research didn't make you suddenly a full part of the culture. Yeah. yeah. And also like, what kind of research did you do? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did you talk to other people that are not a part of this community that have read some books? And you think... Yeah. Did you just... Research. Did you just read some books? <laughs> yeah. Did, were they outdated books? Yeah. Or, you know, that kind of thing. And and it does very... I, I know people on both ends who are very much like, if you're not part of the culture, just stop. Like, don't write about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, where are you guys on that? I'm at, if you're not part of the culture, don't do it. Yeah. Just because there's so many things to get wrong. And even if you have good intentions and you try the mm -hmm. research, like there are actually people of those cultures that are trying to get published and <laughs> right, they're not, yes. but you're going to come in and do it. Like that's not. Yeah. Well, and that brings right. us to own voices. Yeah. Like the yeah. own voices movement, I think is very important because it's focusing on authors that are a part of that marginalized community writing their stories and getting published. Yeah. And I think that is incredibly important. Um, I just recently finished reading The First Rule of Punk. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, by Celia Perez. And it was life-changing. I wish that I had had that kind of book when I was in middle school. Uh, here's this brown little girl that's shocking her mother with her hair and her clothes because she likes punk music and she sort of sees the importance of her Mexican heritage but not completely and she's trying to learn and she's trying yeah. to get there but she's still holding on very much to her punk her punkness and I'm just like where was this type of book <laughs> when I was in middle school right. I was reading the babysitters club being like Claudia is so cool because she's the only non-white oh, babysitter yeah. Claudia was like the one Claudia was like so awesome <laughs> yeah but you know we had to be clutching at straws there you know the only person in this entire series that's not white and that's that's who I'm going to relate to and so I think own voices are incredibly important. That reminds me of reading comics as a kid. And because I, my, both my older brother and sister, I'm the youngest, read comics. So literally there like wasn't a time in my life where there weren't mm -hmm. comics somewhere in the house. Um, I was destined um, to be <laughs> a comic nerd. <laughs> uh, but like reading, we X-Men was big for us mm -hmm. when we were kids. That was probably the like, first superhero series I read and reading it, it was like, of course, like I loved storm mm -hmm. who is of course amazing. Like yes. objectively, objectively amazing. Mm -hmm. Let's be real storms. The best. Um, but also she was not white. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm a Puerto Rican girl reading comics. And like, there are no, 
Puerto Rican yeah. <laughs> like female superheroes that you're running across yeah. like anywhere. So I was like, well, there's Storm because I mean there was Jubilee too, but I was like, I'm also not Asian. Yeah. So yeah. like <laughs> we're, we're back to clutching at yeah. straws. It was like right. yeah, you have to look for anyone who sort of like someone looks like you not that i didn't love everyone else i mean beast was also my favorite yeah. i'm not a blue-haired scientist but <laughs> yeah although that would be cool um yes. but it's, it's the same thing it's like even now i always joke i'm like as puerto rican particularly i'm like no no you're not gonna see a lot of puerto ricans around or like in stories or mm-hmm books or comics even it's still hard to see like parts of your culture represented widely which means a lot of people misunderstand it Mm -hmm. and that can be frustrating yeah so yeah it's america chavez i know america chavez is there america's like the one the one fine one yes thanks america chavez uh thanks gabby rivera um (laughs) for that Hopefully, though, there will be more. That's the thing. It's like I just think it's good to have, like, Gabby Rivera, like someone mm-hmm. who is Puerto Rican writing that because there are lots of little quirks in the culture mm-hmm. and just tiny things that you recognize if you grew up in it or are part of it. Um, and you don't necessarily have to recognize that to enjoy it, but it means a lot if you're reading mm-hmm. it and you can recognize that as a reader. So that is one of the, the benefits to the own voices. And yeah, people don't realize that how hard it is sometimes for people to get published. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's important for us to support, you know, newer artists in general, mm-hmm. but especially newer artists of colors. Cause it is hard to get published. Mm-hmm. Publishers want to publish people who are already doing well and already, well, and you from, know, making money and, from what I have read about the publishing world is, Oh, okay. You brought me a book written by a Puerto Rican woman about a Puerto Rican girl. Awesome. Um, I've already signed a contract to publish a Latino book. So you have fun finding somewhere else for that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, why isn't there enough room at the table for more than one book told by one person while we have a sea of whiteness? Yeah. 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 Or the belief that, yeah, that's the thing. It's, yeah, if that book's about Puerto Rican, that's only going to appeal to Puerto Rican people. Right. Like that character won't connect with with other people I'm like yes yes they will but people (laughs) of color are expected to connect with with white characters every white character and I'm like clearly we're capable of that since we've had to do it for all of time but (laughs) you know it can go both ways and it's just very it's still there there's mm-hmm. still that like oh well i've got the one latino book i need for this year so i've covered my like diversity and quota like we're good you know and it has to do well oh yeah because no, if it doesn't i mean as the as the one latino person getting published that pressure of Ooh. if my book doesn't do well then that publishing house is just gonna say well let's close the door on that because that didn't work what's well, like the reason there's so much pressure on black panther coming out as a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all knew it was going to be amazing, and yes. it is. But there was so much more pressure on Black Panther than most traditional ones. Why? Because it's an all-black cast. Mm-hmm. Where And Wonder Woman, so much more pressure on that. Why? Because it's a female-led mm-hmm. superhero movie. There can be so many atrocity white male superhero movies. But if it didn't But do it well, keeps on rolling. It. But if there's one female one that goes badly or one minority superhero that goes badly, suddenly that's not going to work and studios will stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And there's just this weird imbalance of pressure with that. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Also, Black Panther's amazing. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's so good. Seriously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The best. And read the comic book series. It's also amazing. Mm-hmm. So I read that um, Ta-Nehisi, is it Coates or Cotes? Coates. 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 Mm. He's going to start writing Captain America. Ooh. He is. He's going to yeah. be taking Captain America. And he's supposed to be doing a, seri- a Storm solo series as yes. well. Yes. With Jen Bartel as the illustrator. That one should be coming out fairly soon, I think. I'm waiting for it. Yes, me um, too. But yeah, he's taking over Captain America, which I think is going to be really fun. Yes. Um, and it sounds like they're like starting over. Like it's not going to be like, so all this weirdness happened with Captain America being... <laughs> A Nazi? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and so let's start start over. <laughs> which I'm all for. Oh, yeah. I, was like, yes. I, I don't need any of this other stuff. I'm... A-okay with starting Captain America over and having someone else write it. I've never been a big fan of Captain America, but I might need to read Captain America now. Yeah. See, I like Captain America, but partially because, you know, he's not a Nazi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the whole point. That's, 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 that's the whole reason point. I like Captain America. He kills Nazis. He yeah. takes out Nazis. Like, good job, Captain America. <laughs> Issue one was him punching Hitler. Yeah. Precisely. Good job, Cap. What do you mean you're a Nazi? All this time. No. Yeah. Yeah. That kills it for me. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. So start over would be great. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do that. And I actually like we're, I write for Book Riot, which I mentioned, and we actually have a requirement. um, If we're ever doing like lists, there have to be a certain amount of books by women and people of color. And I told someone that once and they're like, well, isn't that kind of like restricting or biased and i was like no not really (laughs) basically like every other website you you know you do whatever you want you can find a bunch of lists of like white male authors Mm -hmm. or white female authors or bones like we're just trying to make people more aware that there are other options there because there's nothing wrong with reading white male or female authors read everyone yeah but if you're not aware that the other option's there, you're never going to look for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. There's just a certain lack of that. Like, oh, yeah, that exists out there. Like, you can you can find it. And there's nothing wrong with mentioning that there are diverse writers. Yeah. So, when we talk about diversity in literature, I mean, there's not just the cultural aspects of diversity, but we also have LGBTQIA diversity, um, Books written by females, uh, books about disability. A lot of these have been shadowed for the longest time. You know, I think with the success of Wonder, I can't really think of very many other books that are about some kind of disability. I've read a few, actually, own voices that have been really, really great. Um, I think they, gosh, what was that book that just got turned into a movie? Everything, everything. Yeah, everything, everything by Nicola Yoon. Yeah, that was. Um, um, I heard a lot of people being upset about the ending of that. Uh, spoiler, spoiler. If you haven't <laughs> spoiler, if you have not <laughs> read this book, I'm about to spoil the ending. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, it turns out that she wasn't sick at all, and so there were a lot of people that were like, "That's kind of, kind of a cop out." I mean. Yeah. You have this entire book where she's sick and she can't leave her house. And then at the end, oh, it turns out she wasn't sick at all. 
I was like, you can't just turn off illness like that. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was a really good book up until the end because yeah, at the end I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's supposed to be like where she has to be like isolated, like yeah, like, oh, she's like it's allergic serious. to the world. Yeah, like she's allergic to everything. Yeah, and then and it was just her mother's way of like keeping her in. So her mother is sick. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Her mother had you know the mental illness there, but it was just like this is ridiculous. I was like, that's a ridiculous way to just be like, oh, never mind. She's fine. Yeah, she can go out there and be with a cute boy it's okay it's all right. and and that that bothered me like i was all in it you know i was like yeah this is great you know and then it's just like nope not sick and i was like oh boo boo <laughs> well now i know not to read it yes. yeah same <laughs> i had actually had the ending spoiled for me and i was like not reading it now <laughs> <laughs> i would be too angry because I heard it was actually a really good read until that part. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm in grad school. I choose my Don't reading carefully. No. no one has time for that. No. Like, mm. psych, she was fine. No. There was a, a book called, I want to say it was Rose Tinted Glasses. Mm. It up. But that one, um, the main character had to deal with. OCD and that aspect of uh, a mental illness. Yeah. And the ending of that was pretty perfect. Like, you know, she, she met someone, was very upfront about this is what's wrong with me. And, you know, I can't really leave my house without freaking out. So you could have to you know, come here, but like having an actual normal relationship where we go out on dates is not really going to happen anytime yeah. soon. And it ends, oh, again, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and it ends with her going to therapy and working on it, not being magically healed, but working on it and making progress, but still having issues with leaving her house and doing all the things that, you know, she was having issues with before, just progressively better. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how you do that. Yeah. And that was an own voices book because she um, she dealt with that kind of mental illness herself. Yeah, because whether it's mental illness or chronic illness, you're usually not going to get a magical, like, everything's all better now. Yeah. It's going to be sort of an ongoing, can get, a, like, a lot better, but it's still going to be something you're going to be aware of. So, the, I don't know. There's never really a cure for mental illness. There's just no, shades there's, of gray. Yeah, there's yeah. treatment and there's improvement and there's a good life and everything, but there's maintenance and yeah. treatment. It's the same as like diabetes, basically. Like more or less. Yeah, it's just sort of a constant taking care of yourself. But yeah, mental illness is one I think people forget uh, in the diversity and like uh, you know as far as being like neurotypical, not having all neurotypical characters, mm -hmm. having characters that are on the spectrum just all types of diversity, <laughs> you know, yeah. LGBTQ, you know, yeah. it's diversity. So many other things more than just culture. I recently read a really good LGBTQ uh, book. It was Helen. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Oh, yeah. Yemi's, uh, what is not yours is not yours. Um, short story collection. 
And uh, it actually nailed bisexual representation, and that never happens. Ooh. Yeah. I'll have to read that. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. I love Helen Oyeyemi. Yeah, she's kind of amazing. Waiters for Witching is one of my favorite books. Yes. One of the only books that I've ever read about, um, oh, gosh, is it Peek? Pika. Pika. Yeah, one of the main characters says Pika. Oh, <laughs> that's always fun. <laughs> yes. For those who don't know what Pika is, explain it to me. Um, Pika is... Is it a mental disorder where Mm -hmm. you eat things that are not actually edible, like chalk and other things, and you have this compulsion to to eat it? Yeah. It's also like if you're extremely anemic, Mm -hmm. you can develop pica. Yeah. It's like your body's trying to tell you sometimes Mm -hmm. that you need certain nutrients. You need iron. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you eat food food that is not food. Yeah. Yeah. So the book I was talking about was Under Rose-Tainted Skies by Louise Cornall. And I thought that was very, very good. And also a very good example of why own voices is important. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard. I I mean, it's just, it would be hard to write about that accurately if you've never dealt with it. Right. Yeah. There's so much that goes into that. And if your research is, I'm going to look this up on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> even You've in, already failed. <laughs> even when you have it, I think half the time you write it and you're like, I am not a representation of every person who mm-hmm. has this. Yeah. One of the downsides that I've read about in the whole own voices movement is that you're telling your story from your, your point of view, from this part of how you fit into your culture you don't represent everybody in that culture. So mm-hmm. you're telling yeah. your story in your own yeah. voice. And um, I've read where some some authors, um, I don't remember who it was, but she's biracial. And so she wrote her story about being biracial and it wasn't Mexican enough. And she's like, <laughs> well, it's not... Not gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does that even mean, though? Exactly. It's just like because it doesn't fit your point of view. Oh, I've been told that aspect. before, though. I've been told I was, and I'm I'm completely Puerto Rican, but I've been told I was like, you act too white. Like you are not Hispanic enough. Yes. <laughs> and I was Same. just like, yeah, I've gotten that That's too. Weird and okay. And I'm not, not going to talk to you anymore. Not like, offensive at no, all. You got to love the personality policing. Certainly <laughs> cool. Um, Thank you for being an expert on my culture. Yeah. yeah. Another Thanks good so one. so much. Another good one is wait, you're bisexual? Well, you're not gay enough. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, if anyone who I know is listening and didn't know, surprise! <laughs> <laughs> the things that happen on podcasts. Podcasts, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I have friends who are bisexual or gay or lesbian or trans, and there are people who are always like, well, you're not. And I'm like, no, no, just don't finish that sentence. <laughs> just stop right there because it's going to end badly for you. Here's like, a piece of candy. Let this like, be in your mouth and not words. Chew <laughs> some gum. Just, Do just something shut else. it up. Shut it up. Um, that's the thing. Like, no, no one is representative of any of an entire culture, yeah. illness, group. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> it's can, a lot of responsibility. You can tell your story and... Your story will touch people for sure. Yeah. It's not going to be. The, oh, and it's like any form of writing. It's not <laughs> going to be for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, some stories are just 
fiction and yeah. they're meant to be stories and not meant to be a giant like political or you know they're just like i thought this would be a cool story to tell yeah. so it was written and yeah. that's okay <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. minorities that- should not be expected to be speaking for everyone all the time yeah no no yeah. no and i feel like people expect that a lot and it is infuriating mm-hmm. god that would be terrible would hate that we're like please don't expect me to speak for everyone all the yeah. time it would be embarrassing and terrible <laughs> for all people <laughs> like everybody involved i know it does make me think i always joked because when i was a kid and i'd say in puerto rican jennifer lopez got like really big yeah right kids they're like oh like jennifer lopez and i was like uh kind of <laughs> exactly like jennifer yes lopez. i'm exactly like exactly j-lo like clearly as you can see Yes. And so we're all... We can all sing and dance and all look similar. And (laughs) I was just like, not at all, really. Um, Just like... Yeah, no. So when I was older and watched Parks and Recreation, um, Aubrey Plaza is on there, who is Mm -hmm. half Puerto Rican. And April Ludgate's character has this one line where she's like, yeah, my mom's Puerto Rican. That's why I'm so lively and colorful. And, you know, she's just this really dark, sarcastic character. Yes. And I was just like, I've never had a character speak to me more yeah. than this right now. <laughs> I've never felt I've never felt more seen than I do in this moment. Understood. Yes. Because that wasn't something I ever saw. It was always one type of Puerto Rican or Latin. It was like mm-hmm. feisty, sexy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, we're not wonderful stereotype. Yeah, definitely not all that like alluring and (laughs) (laughs) guys. Like, I don't even have that much of a temper. I cannot dance (laughs) to (laughs) save my life. (laughs) I think I I can. I just don't really. I'm fairly incapable of. I've tried. (laughs) It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) It's just you're just like no, I can't do it. It's awful. Good to know. In um, the first rule of punk, one of the things that she was told by the mean girl in the school was that she was a coconut. And she was like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, brown on the outside, white on the inside. I was like, I'm glad that you don't know what that means, but you're about to find out. And it's sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. Yeah. Or my friends who are called Oreos, which is the same thing. Yeah. Black yeah. on the outside, white on the inside. There's like. a snack food for all cultures. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Unless you're like actually being loving and being like, you're yeah. just a wonderful dumpling of a person. Like, don't, <laughs> don't call, call someone. Don't call me. Right. Unless you're calling them a sweet okay. cinnamon roll. Yeah. Right. There's no other reason to compare people to food. No. No, no. Don't do it. But sweet cinnamon roll applies to everybody. <laughs> well, that's not, a, that's not a total jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a sour patch kid, really. <laughs> sweet eventually. Once if you, you get give there. me time. Yeah. <laughs> if you reach the center. I have to say I'm really excited that I've seen a lot of people complaining. There are always going to be people complaining like, diversity is being forced and pushed uh, and yeah. i always am like Shut why is throat? this so bad i don't understand i'm <laughs> like what's the problem but i'm happy that it's it's definitely hasn't happened people are like oh it's all changed like no it hasn't changed it's starting to change mm-hmm. but it definitely has not 
changed um, all the way. But I'm excited that it is starting mm-hmm. to change. I just think there's still there's a long way to a go. A long way to go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I will never understand why it's a bad thing. On the bright side, overly sensitive white boy tears are delicious. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. And, and you know who to avoid. Exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I know you. Yeah. Now I see you. Yes. I see you. Yeah. And I, by the way, it has not always been overly sensitive white boys. I will point that out. Yeah. It has been other people, but overly sensitive, just weird people tears are just, you know, also delicious. Yes. True. But, uh, cause I've had, I've had white girls. I've had brown people who weirdly are just like, well, it feels, it, who read comics who are like, no, you're just trying to force this. That always blows my mind. And I'm like, no, why? <laughs> it's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can understand not wanting a hero you grew up with suddenly altered. I can understand the sense of like, I don't want to be, uh, what is it? I'm losing the word here, but like sort of just played with momentarily. Like we're going to change their race for one story arc. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to go back to being a white character. Yeah. No, give me an actual character mm-hmm. that you put thought into developing on its own. Like I prefer that. So I can see why people get a little, people get very attached to their favorite characters and I can see why they get a little uppity about that. Yes. But at the same time, just because, uh, you know, there are, tr- we're trying to get, you know, more women writers or just mm-hmm. more women writers recognized because there have been women writers and editors and illustrators involved for years. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's the end of the world. You know, not everyone like I don't. I don't want to change your favorite character. I, you know, I like that character too. Yeah. I want a new character, or yes. a new storyline who's not necessarily like a sidekick or. Mm-hmm. And plus, just swapping the color palette or just adding something like surprise, this character's gay now is just lazy. It is. It is. It's lazy writing, <laughs> and it's not actually rep- like so. Like, there's nothing representative there. There's no mm-hmm. like. It's like, hey, yeah. everybody, look, we're trying. Not hard, but we're trying. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. And it's not Rowling. gonna stay this way. Oh, gosh. oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The J.K. Rowling was just amazing. Uh, yeah. Y'all could not see it. Hey guys, <laughs> guess what? I meant this character to be gay or a person of color all the time. Don't you love me? Look at how great I am. Uh-huh. Yeah, too bad you didn't explicitly state that. And if that were true, why isn't Dumbledore being represented as gay in the new films? The, like I haven't yeah. even watched Fantastic Beasts, and I probably won't because yeah. why uh, are you not upset that he's not being portrayed as gay in the new film? Yeah. You right. were just fine with it. You who yes. wrote the screenplay. <laughs> who did, like you have a lot of say in your films and you yes. are not including this. Yeah. Why did we're you change Lavender Brown halfway through? Oh, when she gets speaking roles, now she has to be white. Yep. Broke my heart, JK. You mm-hmm. broke it. Yes. Although I still love Harry Potter and Will for life. Um, oh yeah, I mean you I see mean, the yeah, tattoos. You've, you've got tattoos. I feel like I'm the minority because I hate Harry Potter mostly because of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I know people who hate Harry Potter actually without J.K. Rowling. They're just not <laughs> Harry Potter fans. But I love J- I love it. But J.K. is yeah. kind of breaking my heart yeah. every time she does something recently. <laughs> yeah, she opens just, her mouth done. or tweets. It's just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I have Harry Potter, but I, like I can't with her. I yeah. can't. Just it's like, like you I can was easily. It's like you know what? Maybe it's time that you write something else and include these things that you so obviously say you want to include, but then you don't. So and it's not like just be like if you say someone's gay, you don't have to suddenly go over the like go over the top with making everything about them 
quote unquote gay. Right. Like, yeah. like it's just too much work to suddenly like, no, it's no. not. I don't know if you realize this, but gay people or black people, a lot of people are just like everyone else. Yeah. Right. It's just a facet of their identity. Yeah. Like, um, there's a comic book Jonesy. I don't know if you've ever read it. Oh yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. And she's, it's never specified. I don't think, but she has like an abuela Mm -hmm. there. She's Hispanic. So it's written in there, but it's just sort of a natural part of her life instead of it being like spelt out and yeah. constantly referred to. And it's so nice. Yeah. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, that's just part of her life. One of the things that I loved about Jonesy was when they were talking about their crushes. Yes. And the little girl's like, oh, I have a crush on. And I don't remember which little girl. Yeah. And Jonesy was just like, hey. yeah. Like, she was, like, it was, she was not phased by the fact that the girl had a crush and, on another and girl. And it wasn't like, normal. And it wasn't yeah. like, oh, I need to tell you this thing about myself first no. before we start talking about crushes. Josie is like, amazing for yeah. like really awesome, mm-hmm. adorable, diverse characters and donuts that I want to eat. In yeah. That <laughs> comic book because her dad owns a donut shop. Yes. Mm-hmm. They all look really good. And her grandma is amazing. Um, Putting that on the to read list. Seriously, read it. Mm-hmm. Jonesy's really good. Um, Jonesy's but like that, he was able to put in these characters the different facets of their personalities and their identities without having to make it a monologue Mm -hmm. or write about it on every page. And you can do that with Dumbledore without having to change much of the story at all. Right. Yeah. And just one mention guys. Right. (laughs) Like not subtext. No. Like overt. Like sub, sub, subtext. Right. No, just state it. Oh, just my ex-boyfriend. Boom! Done. Right? Simple. <laughs> Simple. Yeah. One line. Well, it was and complicated with Grindelwald because, uh, and then yeah. move on with your That's life. It. Like it's not a huge thing. You don't have to go back to it, guys. Right. Like, yeah, angry noises. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Just grumble, grumble. And then she really messed up when she created Overmorny. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The wizarding school in North America, Ooh. where she appropriated like all indigenous creatures as their like house symbols oh jk if you no. guys haven't checked out Ilvermorny, it is a messy messy <laughs> thing it okay. is and don't do it as much as i wanted there to be an american wizarding school it was some awful. awkward moments yeah. involved yes. in that and then um, like when anybody would like call her out on it on twitter she'd block them yeah like she went was about right yeah it was ridiculous oh but ah. she doesn't handle that kind of stuff well it's just like, it hurts her poor little Fifi's. It does. That ties back to the, if you haven't, like if you, if you didn't do the research or even if you say you did, if you're getting feedback, try not to automatically go to a place of being defensive. Mm-hmm. Right. Like try to take it. And although some people, yes, yeah, some people are going to be kind of monstrous towards you because it's Twitter. Right. Yeah. It's not a friendly place. Sometimes the internet is not a friendly yeah. place. Yeah. Um, also, you're jk rowling you have so much money you're gonna be fine yeah exactly even if someone calls you a name on twitter um although i don't think name calling is nice um (laughs) (laughs) just gonna say that bullying's not nice but it's it's twitter it's gonna happen um you're lucky if you're just getting called a name on twitter right (laughs) so bad now i just lost my train of thought there's a lot of terrible twitter people it's gone now it's just gone it's gone i think but no if you if you're criticized don't be defensive just try and take what's being said try and answer respectfully and then maybe just ignore the ones that aren't but don't block everyone because right. really it just looks like you're like no i'm too good for this yeah and it's 
Makes you look worse, JK. And as any kind of writer or any kind of person creating anything, if you cannot deal with criticism, what are you doing there? Right. As soon as you put something out there. Yeah, not everybody's going to love your work. Some people might. Some people, you know, it might be a huge thing to them. And that's great. But if you can't take criticism, if you can't take someone saying, this was awful, I hated it, you picked the wrong line of work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I understand creating something is it's a personal thing and you put a piece of yourself out there. Does everybody you meet love you? No. <laughs> so And that's not and, to say that it's gonna be fun to be criticized, no, but like you need not. to acknowledge that it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah. And it's the only way we grow. Yeah. And if you can't handle it, if you can't deal with that then this was not the right career choice for you and you should have picked something else. Plus, yes men don't help anything. Well, and I'm sure at this point, because she is so rich and so popular, she's got all these people that are just like, oh yeah, yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. This is going to make us so much money. I mean, they will milk that Harry Potter franchise. Let me tell you, they'll milk it until the end. So, Mm -hmm. because it's going to make money. I mean... They'll keep writing those coattails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it, uh, yeah. And the only thing that I loved Harry Potter, but yeah, it probably would have been nice if there was some more diversity in it. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah. Right. You have this entire giant school. I know. <laughs> an immense <laughs> school of wizards is like, where are the colored people? Yeah. Apparently we're not magic enough. <laughs> no. And she you get like, like one, you get one person who's a person of color. Everyone yeah. else is going to be white. Right. Because like, that's how it's made up in the UK. Yep. And exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, she had like the perfect pair too. Like Seamus and Dean, like they should have been together. <laughs> I found out who she ships. It's I Dean. <laughs> yes. And then like, and Dean's black, like, an interracial gay couple yes please <laughs> between that and the witchcraft i think parents would have actually murdered her but you know <laughs> if she was already down that path he might yeah. as well embrace it yeah um yeah i think dean and then the patel twins mm-hmm. yeah i think those are the only ones i can blaze think. and beanie okay blaze i don't even remember blaze like <laughs> obviously being yeah, he was a secondary Slytherin character. I, well, I remember the name, yeah. but I don't remember, like, obviously as a person of color. Like, I, Patel and Dean are, like, the first ones that come to mind. Yeah. The fact they have to go so deep into the secondary characters to find people of color, though, really says something. Right. It does. Yeah. yeah. There are no major mm-hmm. characters, except apparently afterwards Hermione could have been, because I never specified what right. she was. You sure didn't complain when they cast a white girl, though. Exactly. Although I do like Emma Watson. I do, too. Still, you were fine with that. And you knew the person they cast in that movie was going to basically be Hermione to people. I mean, yes. That's Hermione. And that's why everybody pitched such a fit when a black woman played Hermione in The Cursed Child. Because it was a huge difference from what they've seen. I mean, Mm -hmm. they grew up with (laughs) Emma Watson. Yeah. Suddenly, what? just happened like mm-hmm. that's it's a big shock for people yeah well although in theater lots of things can happen yeah and really <laughs> roles can get played by anyone but not everyone really i think 
Like Hamilton. Hamilton, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but but it's like nostalgia at that point. It's mm-hmm. the same thing of like the hurt comic people. It's like this is my childhood. This is my. Why are you messing with this? Why are you yeah. trying to? Although I don't see why it should be a big deal, right? And also, no one's making you read this. No one's making you watch this. You don't like it. Turn off the TV. Right. Go pick up a different book. I mean, what's the, what's the problem? <laughs> like, no one's but forcing least, you to do it. <laughs> I tell people that at least, like, at least try reading mm-hmm. um, one book by someone of a different any any it could just be cultural or they can have a mental illness or just something that's different from you mm-hmm. just try it you not don't have to like it you're not gonna like every book you read but just throw one in there in the mix every now and mm-hmm. then so you're not strictly reading every single like book that yeah. is the same it doesn't have to be like i'm not telling you to toss out your whole library or <laughs> because <laughs> no expand uh, it. just yeah. expand it and you'll you like the things you'll get more interesting stories like that's always why i liked anthropology and folklore mm-hmm. is because i got to look at the different folklore from different mm-hmm. countries and it was fun like there were some i'd never heard of before whereas i've heard all the ones in the u.s or mm-hmm. i'd heard a lot of the puerto rican ones and oh, you know, I'm looking to all these Irish ones and Russian ones and Japanese ones and it's yeah. new and it's interesting. And that's the bonus to diversity that I think people forget sometimes. It's actually fun. It yeah. <laughs> keeps things interesting. I think resistance to reading diverse literature kind of shows a lack of empathy. It's just like if they're not, they don't look and sound exactly like me, then why would I care about them? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I love Jane Eyre and she doesn't look or sound anything Anyone. like I do yeah. at all. Right. Ever. <laughs> like, whatever decision she makes, I would make the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like her stubbornness. I'll say that. Much. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. who really reads every book and is like, I identify completely, completely. with these characters. Like, that's really a cop-out. It's yeah. really a cop-out to say, I can only read stories where I completely identify with the characters because you just don't in a lot of the books. You right. Read. It's you don't it's just you trying to find a reason to stay where you're comfortable Mm -hmm. which i mean i like comfort but it's not how you grow at all Mm -hmm. and also that's also the great thing about public libraries you don't have to go buy a book if you don't want to just go check out a book yeah check it out for free read it bring it back really that's all we want you to do is bring it back (laughs) (laughs) please bring it back and don't destroy it don't destroy it and don't hang up on people when they call you to say can you please bring that book back (laughs) just psa guys we have to call you we have to okay we just we we probably have someone else asking for the book okay that's why we're calling not trying to be mean no that's why that's why i tell people yeah libraries are great because there's like i want to read this book but i might hate it but what if i don't like it and then i money on it like then okay. I would, yeah. And there have been a couple in the past few years that I've read and I'm like, I'm not finishing this. Oh, yeah. And I'm really glad I checked them out. So just put them back in the <laughs> like return box and yes. never look at them again. I actually um, did that with The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin. I didn't make it past the first page. I remember you saying that. I was actually yeah. looking at The Immortalist and I'm kind of glad you told me a little yeah. bit about what you put it down for. And I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. Within the first paragraph, I was like, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, your first sentence is, this is the first character we're talking about, female, 13. Let me talk about her genitalia and her breast as a way of describing her. No. It's like, uh, what? What, what? 
I haven't even what? read it. Just hearing about that makes me <laughs> yeah. deeply uncomfortable. And then I was just like, I, I didn't uh, need that. Yeah. I didn't need to know any of that. Yeah, my first, my first reaction there is like, I'm just going to close this cover right. and push it away from and me real quick because I feel think about wrong. this again. And uh, like, so that was like the first, like the first paragraph. And then um, like she, that's how she describes her. And then she talks about her nose not quite looking like her mom's nose and her hair, how she likes to wear it in braids because she's 13. I would have started with the nose and the braids. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I never would have touched on with none of that. Just don't touch any of that. Stick to the braids and the nose. Yeah. Don't get to the genitalia. And then if you eventually want to talk about her changing body because teen girls, like they need to hear about that. They just don't do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. As a way of introducing my character. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, no, this was bad. Mm -hmm. And then it went from that to her and her siblings riding bikes around the neighborhood. And I'm like, I don't need okay, this. That doesn't make sense. No, don't no. need it. General rule. <laughs> just, just don't start genitalia first. Yeah. No. <laughs> Character description. Yes. yes. Just, yeah, don't, you just don't, don't do it. it. Yeah. Unless it's a Harlequin romance. And even then. Even then. Even then have yeah. some build up, guys. Right? By the way, don't start with genitalia first is a great rule for literature and for life. It's <laughs> true. It is. That's, that's my <laughs> advice for the day. Yes. <laughs> don't start genitalia first. And so then um, I closed that and I was like, done with that. Not even going to finish reading that. I'm not making it past the first page. I'm done. Done, done. <laughs> and then I brought it back to the library because I did not buy that book. Well, and I don't, I guess I haven't read it, so I can't give a full judgment on it. But it is awkward to me that it went from such a weird intense opening to very much an innocent like braids and nose and then riding bikes like mm-hmm. to me it just doesn't make sense where they were going with that maybe right. if you would keep reading it would but i can see how that would just put a lot of people off yeah. that's the opening yeah. paragraph like that's not what you want to read about yeah for i don't know anyone I, I know when they open that book i read a few more reviews about it and from the reviews that i read because i don't read reviews before i start reading mm-hmm. a book um but when i was like how has no one mentioned this? Like I've been reading about how great this book is, and yeah. I was like, how has no one mentioned this? Like I would, yeah, want I to don't know. heard good things, yeah. honestly. Yeah, and so then I was, so I started reading reviews, and maybe fourth or fifth review down from the the time that I was looking at this on Goodreads, someone finally mentioned it, and from that review, it was like, oh, she kind of does that often. Like just starts talking about the main characters private parts for no particular reason and i'm just like weird i was like okay well i'm glad i stopped reading it but yeah i was just like how has no one mentioned this how did that even make it through publishing that's my question apparently something a lot of people like it though i've heard honestly before yeah. that i'd heard only like great things about yeah. the book no one had mentioned anything like that to me about the book i was gonna read it i don't super love the idea of reading anything where i just have to hear about genitalia tons especially when read to a 13 year old girl yeah, that's no. what makes and me super uncomfortable about that randomly randomly yeah. like there's no point like not even a purpose it's not, it's not tied to anything <laughs> yeah even when it is almost like she's 13, I'm yeah. very uncomfortable with this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, but uh, yeah, I hadn't heard anything even remotely close to that. So yeah, be shocked to get through publishing. There's something for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> right. We have to appeal to the pedophiles too. Yeah. Someone read it. And Not really. Like, don't appeal to pedophiles. No. Don't do it. Don't ever do that. She was just joking. Yeah. Um, Sarcasm. I, there was another podcast. Well, there's another good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just wise, wise words happening on this podcast. 
Well, and there was another book. I can't, why am I not remembering its name now? But it was, and it involved a relationship between a young girl and like a much older guy. And it was kind of an abusive relationship. And it got all this like beautiful praise for being this beautiful book. And I was like, you know, I just can't bring myself to mm-hmm. read it because yeah she's very young when this starts off and i'm just not interested like, yeah I'm sorry i'm not interested in this viewpoint mm-hmm. and i see stuff like that getting published and i'm like i'm sorry why is it hard to publish diverse authors yes <laughs> yeah. we can publish the little girl getting involved with a 30 year old but forget two hispanic authors yeah or just a you know no 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 we can we can limit our diversity mm-hmm but the weird, like, Lolita thing going on is Mm-mm. just, that's PG okay. Teen. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah. No. Clearly, <laughs> there's room for everything. Yeah. So, that's why I'm always like, no, no, I think it's fine to do diverse stuff. Since yeah. everything else is A-okay. Yeah. Ugh. I'm grossed out now. <laughs> right? I, I'm glad. I'm like, and I don't remember the title. And honestly, even if I did, I don't know if I would say it just because I'm like, yeah, no don't give me the idea. Yeah, uh, that's what it wants. I'm being petty. Uh, <laughs> Petty's okay. Petty's fine sometimes. It's fine. So just keep in mind, the library has tons of books about all kinds of subjects. And we definitely have books by different diverse authors and about different diverse subjects and we cover a lot of the spectrum and if we don't have a book that you want to read feel free to ask us and we will find it and we will have someone send it to us so that's my PSA for this podcast (laughs) thank you so much ladies for being here thank you thanks yeah you've been listening to the long overdue podcast